Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Super Review Show's Mixed Bag, coming to you live once again from the JK. And I am joined, as always, by my good man, Bill Murphy. What's going on, folks? Oh, boy. Bill, are you excited to be here? I am really excited to be here. Yippee. Um, and by the way, everyone, just to let everyone know, we the best. We the best podcast. Heck yeah. Uh, Bill, what, oh, what, oh, what is our topic for tonight? Well, our topic tonight is a fairly interesting one. Oh, yes. It is a very interesting one. Um, our topic tonight is actually misinterpreted songs. Have you ever heard those songs that you think are about one thing and that you think are about one thing, but they're actually about something completely different? I think we've all been there, bud. <laughs> oh, I've been there too. And guess what? Today, we're going to be explaining everything. And we're also going to be giving you some very sound advice. Yes. We're going to be telling you what 2000s childhood favorite is actually about something dirtier than you thought. Oh, yes. We'll get to and that we're also, And we're also going to tell you what songs you should not play at your wedding. Yes, yeah, so if, you, if you're looking for a wedding song out there, we'll tell you what not to play as your wedding song. So we're, so we're helping you, and guess what? We're not charging you a dime, so you better yes. take advantage of our free advice. Take that free advice and take it to the bank, peeps. Let's do or it. Or if you want to send us a check, please call 1-800-GOT-BILL. Or you can also contact us if you want to send us a check. Feel free to send us a check at the Super Review Show at gmail.com. And DM us on Instagram if you'd like to as well. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And send, just send us a nice check. And put in the oh. memo, thank you for saving my wedding. Yes, or saving, You're welcome. My, or saving my life at the same time. Ooh, whatever. Okay. So, okay, first off. First off, buddy. Okay, first off, we're going to start with the Fab Four. The Fab Four. With the okay. Beatles. Which song, Bill? Okay, a lot of people have interpreted that this song is about drugs. Mm-hmm. When it actually isn't. But you know what? The jury's out. I, I, I think the song is about drugs. Um, <laughs> I think so, too, but that's me. And that is the song <laughs> Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Yes, yes, yes. The classic from Sgt. Pepper. Do explain, my friend. Do explain. Okay. A lot of people think it's about drugs because look at the initials. L. S. S D. LSD. Yes. Now, to all our smart folk out there, you know what LSD is, folks. Oh, yeah. We all know. But, um, yeah. But anyway, but anyway, um, yeah, but anyway, everyone thought this song was about drugs. Which we think it still is, but yeah, all right. that's beside the point. But the, actually, the story—it's a pretty interesting story. Uh, Jul- John Lennon's older son, Julian, the one he had with um, the one he had with um, Cynthia, not the one he had with, not the one he had with Yoko, not Julian. No, Julian is the one with Cynthia. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Sean was the one he had with Yoko. Yep. Um, so anyway, the song is orig- is actually drew- 
drew a picture. Julian Lennon, who was three at the time, drew a picture and he and John called it Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, which is actually about an old classmate of his called named Lucy O'Donnell. Mm. And and that is when it began, and John thought the picture was beautiful, and he immediately wrote a song about it. And and okay, like, all right, do you buy this that it was actually about a picture and not about drugs? Be honest, do you buy this? Um, between you and me, but I'm gonna say that it, you, me, and our beloved viewers, <laughs> I say it's about drugs, but that's me. Yeah, because listen, like, scroll down for the lyrics. Like, yes, okay, click, click, yeah, click on full lyrics. There we go. Hey okay, guys, does this really sound like a? Okay, tell me this sounds like it's about drugs. Picture yourself in a boat on a river. Yeah, it sounds. It sounds like the start of a guided meditation. Picture yourself in a boat on a river, um, <laughs> with tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Okay, this already sounds trippy. Of course. Somebody calls you, you answer quite slowly. A girl with kaleidoscope eyes. Okay, this is sounding trippier and trippier by the minute, am I right? You are correct. Cell phone, cell phone flowers of yellow and green turning over your head. Look at the girl with the sun in her eyes. And she's gone. Yep. You see in the sky with diamonds. Follow her down a bridge by a fountain when rock and horse people eat marshmallow pies. Okay. They say, guys, th- this song sounds like it was about drugs. It really does. There's no this song it. sounds like an acid trip. It is an acid trip if you listen to it as well. It's a good song. It's great. Okay, we just want to say we are not knocking the quality of these songs. Nope. We're just saying these lyrics mean something completely different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but 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 John Lennon also said he was inspired by um, Alice in Wonderland about Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. Mm. And with Alice in Wonderland, but which I can kind of see because if you've ever seen the Disney movie, you know it's very trippy. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay, rumors of the connection between Lucy in the Sky and the initialism LSD began circulating after Sgt. Pepper's was released. McCartney had given interviews admitting to taking the drug. Lennon said he was surprised at the idea that the title was a hidden reference to LSD. Countering the song wasn't a, wasn't about that at all. You know, John said it wasn't about LSD at all and saying that the initials LSD are just a coincidence. Mm, I don't know if I believe him, though. I'm not going to lie. And, but that's me. And he said, I mean, whoever bothered to look at the initials, it's not an acid song. Okay, if you're seeing tangerine trees and marmalade skies, you're... Remember, kids, don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. 
Live a clean life. You can do it. Or when you write a song, or Paul McCartney confirmed Lennon's claims that when you write a song, you mean it one way, and someone comes up and says something about it that you didn't think of. You can't deny it. Like Lucy yeah. in the Sky with Diamonds, people came up and said, cuttingly, right, I get it, LSD. And it was when newspapers were talking about LSD, but we never thought about it. Hmm. Okay, this sounds very sketchy. What's up? They're saying, okay, maybe it, it wasn't about LSD, but <laughs> maybe they didn't intend it to be. But again, listen to the lyrics, listen to the music. It is very. It's very trippy. It's very trippy. There's no denying it. So you think this song is about drugs? I would think so, but that's me. I mean, everyone's everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but that's me. And you know what? I'll say this. It could mean one way, but like I said, you can't get away with the trippy lyrics. And if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck. Fair enough. I'll give you that. Okay. So, folks, Lucy the Sky with Diamonds, you think it's about drugs or no? Let us know. Let us know, folks. We're curious. We are curious. What is our next song, my guy? Uh, How about you start with one? We'll go back. Let's do that. That sounds good. Every breath you take. You knew it was you coming. Know, you know what? Should we start this as the songs you shouldn't be playing at your wedding? Should we start that right now with yeah, this? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. This song, right, should, folks. this song should not be played at your wedding. Okay, folks, we want to say to all the couples who are going to get married, first of all, congratulations. Yes. Second of all, before you put your playlist together, here are some songs you should not play. You're welcome. Yes. We, we, we helped you today. You should be very thankful. You're so welcome. Okay. Every breath you take, take it, buddy. This song was, first off, it was the police's only number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100. It was their only number one hit on the Hot 100. It lasted there, I think, if I'm not mistaken, for eight weeks. At number one, which was a big record at the time. Um, and then other artists, you know, it became, you know, other records were broken, whatever. But I will say this song, it sounds like a low, like a slow dance kind of love song thing. It That is the farthest thing from the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Goodness gracious. If you listen to the words, if you listen to the lyrics. It's a stalker song. It's about Sting's ex-girlfriend. He wrote it out on the piano. True story. He wrote it on the piano. He said, I knew this was going to be a hit, but it's about my ex. So if you want this at your wedding, I'm sorry, but you should not have every breath you take as your wedding song ever because it's about breaking up and stalking on your ex. Bill, am I crazy? Well, yes, but not about this. Um, <laughs> but I'm big. Um, yeah, because you know what? This is... Like, listen to the words here. Every breath you take, every move you make, every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you. It's a, and the way the way you said that too it just sounds so direct. Every single day, because I have that very authoritative tone of voice. Yeah. <laughs> every single day, and every word you say, 
every game you play, every night you stay, every night you stay, I'll be watching you. And you think that's the creepiest part of the song. Oh, but it gets better. (laughs) No, this part I think is even creepier. Oh, can't you see you belong to me? How my poor heart aches with every step you take. I I knew this was a stalker song, JT, but I did not know this was about Sting's ex. Oh, well, there you go. And you know what? This sounds like someone who just can't let go. Of course. This sounds like someone who who just broke up with his ex or the ex broke up with him and the ex has moved on and he hasn't. Oh, yeah. No, Guys, this song sound. Listen, again, it's a good song. It's a good song. Um, it's a good song. Um, but this, it, it, if you listen to it, this song sounds creepy. It is. And the way the music is orchestrated makes it even sound creepier. And we're not attacking Sting. No, we love him. I want to go see him. He's great. I understand. But. And no, no, the song, the, because you know, the song was actually sampled for, um, oh, which I, I know what you're talking about. Which one was it? It was a song for, um, it was a song by Puff Daddy. It was called I'll Be Missing You. Yeah, that's right. Yes. I think it was in a tribute to, um, I want to say it was to Biggie. Probably. It was either that. to Biggie or it was to Tupac. Okay. I want to say Biggie, but you know what? I know this is irrelevant, but we got to check this out because if I don't know the answer, I will be going insane. Oh my God. Yeah, there you go. It's the biggie. Oh, it is. Yeah. Even that song, even that song sounds, you know, even, but that version actually sounds less creepy than this. Look at us as we pray for you. What do you think? I mean, I I've only, I haven't listened to that song a lot, so I don't really know it that well. But I mean, it, it, yes, he did sample it, but it's still it's. I mean, I don't know. I'm just all I'm saying is that this song is like, it's not, not a play this at your wedding. No, then we're gonna get into another one in a minute or two. But like, listen, this song should not be played at your wedding. It should not be the slow dance song. No, don't play every breath you take at your wedding. Yeah, it really, it sounds creepy. It does. It sounds really creepy, truthfully. And can't, just like the way Sting sings it, too. You know, his, his, so, his soothing vocals makes it even better. The soothing vocals. The, and can't you see you belong to me? That sounds creepy. Yeah. And okay. So you ready for me? So you ready for me to give you all another nuptial no no? Oh boy, Bill, go for it, buddy. Okay. And we've talked, and this is a song we have talked about a little bit before. Yeah. Someone Like You by Adele. Oh, yeah. And some, some people are going to say, what? Now, I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute. That sounds like such a slow, romantic ballad. I would love to dance with my husband, wife, whatever. My spouse, significant other, girlfriend, boyfriend. To that song. 
I would love to. How is that song inappropriate for a wedding? Well, okay. If you were thinking about having that song as your wedding song, I'm here to burst your bubble. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Hate to burst your bubble. But um, the song is actually about... The song is actually about someone... Okay, let me read you the lyrics here. I heard that you're settled down, that you found a girl and you're married now. I heard that your dreams come true. Guess she gave you the things I didn't give to you. Does that sound like love forever? Nope. Go on. Oh, it gets even better. Keep going, buddy. Keep Old going. And why are you so why? Ain't like to hold back or hide from the light. I hate to turn up out of the blue uninvited, but I couldn't stay away. I couldn't fight it. I had hope you'd see my face and you remember me that for me it isn't over. That sounds kind of stalkerish in a way. Kinda. <laughs> and listen, I love Adele, but mm. never well, mind, great. I'll find what was that? She's great, but go on. Never mind, I'll find someone like you. I wish nothing but the best for you. Don't forget me. I beg. I remember you said. Sometimes it lasts if love, but sometimes it hurts instead. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds... Oh, that's so... Such a love song, Bill. That's such a great love song. Oh, my goodness, right? No, people. But that sounds like, you know, someone who misses their, you know... Their ex... Someone who misses their ex and they're... It, it's kind of like the same thing with every breath you take. Not to that extent. Right. Like, it doesn't sound too stalkerish. Yeah. It does not sound too stalkerish. But... Like, it doesn't sound too stalkerish. But... It does... Set, it Again, this sounds like someone... Again, who maybe they got, I'm going from the perspective that the, that the main person that the song is about is coming from a female perspective, mm. but it sounds like a, a, it sounds like someone who, who had a boyfriend or girlfriend and now they broke up and now that former partner of theirs has now moved on and gotten married and started a family and this person is still holding on and she can't realize that it's over. Yeah. And, but you know, it kind of, unlike every breath you take, it does sound like she's kind of moved on when it says, never mind, I'll find someone like you. I wish nothing but the best for you. I mean, I would, I would say so. Cause you're like, you know what? I wish I know we're not going to be together anymore, but I wish you the best. Yeah, no, I mean, it doesn't sound like, um, you know, it's it's not a love song. I'll give you that much. So, the song "Love Song" by The Cure, which Adele covered on yeah. this album, sounds more like a love song than this. Of course, oh yeah, people need to get their head and realize this stuff is like the way it is, you know. So, so yeah, um, 
Yeah, don't have this as your first dance. Please don't. Yes, no. This is not a wedding song, people. This is not a wedding song at all. This is a breakup song. This is a big, big, fat breakup song. This is a big, fat breakup song. (laughs) A big, fat breakup song. It's too funny, bud. We're not poking fun at anyone in particular, just for the record. What you're saying, it's a breakup song. Oh, yeah, no, it's... It's definitely a... It's sad. It's a great... Like, again, I love Adele. I really love Adele. But... No, do not play this song at your wedding. Please don't. Please don't, people. Please don't. Please do not play this song at your wedding. Um... Okay, what's our next one? All right. Um, well, are we sticking with wedding songs? Yeah, I got one more after this one, and then we'll uh, move on to other things. But other things are fun. Okay. But... Yippee. Yeah, we'll do what? one more. Like, uh, we'll do the one you got to. Then, actually, no, I got two more actually wedding songs. Um, Let's talk about one. Oh, we've talked about this one before, folks. Um, yeah, we've brought it up once or twice. Ah, once or twice. Um, this song is like, first off, it's a very, very twisted song. Very twisted. Truthfully, this song is so twisted. It's about breaking up. Duh, of course, it's about breaking up. But the one thing, interesting thing about this song, though, to me is, and people interpret it as a love song. Bono has gone on record himself and said, why are people having this as their wedding song when it's a song about splitting up? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, listen to the words. You, you ask me to enter, and then you... I, I forget. Oh, why was it? I asked um, you to enter, and then you yeah. make me crawl. Yeah, and then you make me crawl. And I can't be holding on to what you've got when all you've got is hurt. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're so in love, everyone. No, 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 no. Oh, my goodness. No way. It is one of the most misinterpreted songs ever, truthfully. Regardless of what what it's about, it's just, it's so, oh, my God. (laughs) Did I ask too much? Or how about this? This is a, I think this makes it sound more like a breakup song than that. Part, no offense. Which one? It was, did I disappoint you or leave a bad taste in your mouth? You act like you never had love and you want me to go without. Yeah. That that actually is a better example of it than mine, truthfully. No, but no, yours is a good example when all you got is hurt. Yeah, so. So but in the words of Bono, are they mod? Are they mod? It's in the same song, too. It's a it's a breakup song. Like we're one, but we're not the same. Come on, people, get the don't play it at your wedding at all. And I like the song, but yeah, yeah, we're we're helping you guys tonight for free. You should be grateful. You can reach us on Instagram and Twitter at Super Review Show and contact us on Facebook as well and DM DM us your money. Thank you. And call one eight hundred. Got Bill. Bill. Yes. Um, operators are standing by. Are, uh, wait, do people still use operators? Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. But um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Please don't play this song at your wedding. No, 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 no. 
It is okay. not a wedding song. This is not a wedding song at all. So there's your, our two cents for the night. Okay. And I got two more for this wedding thing before we go on. Well, one has been on a wedding list. The other one is not really a wedding song, but people do consider it a love song, but it really isn't. So Which you don't want if I knock out two right here, do you? No, go ahead, bud. Okay. The first one is Stay With Me by Sam Smith. We just talked about this. Stay With Me okay. before we started Sam Smith. Yeah. Yeah. This one is. Go ahead. You go. This song is about a, it's about clinging on to a one night stand. Damn. (laughs) Okay. Like it's this line, this ain't love. It's clear to see. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like someone you just banged one night and don't want to and never speak to them again. Exactly. <laughs> this ain't love. It's clear to see. So why don't you stay with me? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. People Not need to get their facts that... there. What was that? People need to get their facts right, bud. They really do. And. And yeah. I can't believe people play these songs at their weddings, you. I know. Like some, like just a word of advice, everyone, for those who are listening to us. Please do some research on the song before you actually have your wedding song. Good God. Like there are so many other options out there besides every breath you take, one, stay with me. They play more than words by extreme, guys. Come on. Anyone? Come on. That's a good one. Anyway, anyways. But ahead, yeah, I know BuzzFeed actually has a whole list of songs you shouldn't play at your wedding. And that's even funnier. <laughs> Thank you, BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed. They're finally doing something useful. Yes. Thank you, BuzzFeed. Shout out to BuzzFeed and all Shout the out editors. to BuzzFeed. Not sponsored. Not that uh, we are not sponsored by them at all. <laughs> so not sponsored. Call us. Call us at 1 800 Got Bill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, stay, stay with me by Sam Smith. So yeah. But um, yeah, but you know what? Okay, this song is a love song, but it's not a wedding song. No, what is it? The one I love by REM. Oh, I was just about this. I actually I was gonna bring that up at one point, but oh, two great minds think alike. They do. It's a great song too, but it's not what people think it is. This one the... goes out to the one I love. Yeah, but it's not. A, this one goes out to the one I've left behind. Behind. A simple prop to occupy my time. Damn. Talk about no rehearsal. folks, we did not rehearse this. Um, no, 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 we really didn't. But it's just, you know, but think about that for a second. To occupy my time. Okay, and in the 90s, people actually called this called up radio stations. Yeah, this is the old days, folks, when you had to call up for radio requests. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. we wrote. They would go, I want to dedicate this to my girlfriend. This is for the one I love. This one goes out to the one I love. Yeah, and sure enough, they're all wrong because it's about a simple prop to occupy their time. (laughs) And even Michael Stipe, Michael Stipe from R.E.M. has gone on to say, yeah, this is a breakup song. Yeah, it's it's like it's a nasty song, too. If you think about it, it's like 
a simple prop to occupy my time. Fire raining down on her. Jesus. Just coming down on her now. Yeah, if fire. this is the song you dedicate to the one you love. Um, hey. So whatever. Yeah. Like, like this one goes out to the one I love. This one goes out to the one I've left behind. A single, a simple prop to occupy my time. This one goes out to the one I love. She's coming down on her now. Fire. This one goes out to the one I love. This one goes out to the one I left behind. A simple prop. Okay, you, you get the point, don't you, buddy? I do, but that, 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 you're absolutely right. This is this is definitely this is one of those songs like you would interpret as a love song, but it's like it's not. A simple prop to occupy my time. Listen, folks. Yeah. If you call your partner a prop to occupy your time, <laughs> that's really not the best thing to say to them. It really isn't. You need help if you do that. Like you need some help if you're gonna say that to them. Like if you said, "Honey, you're a simple prop to occupy my time." Oh you my know god! What the next words are gonna be out of her mouth. Get Damn, out of my house. Yes, we see other people. Yeah, it's time we it's time we hit the road, Jack. <laughs> don't you come back no more. Exactly. No, no, no more, no more. Yeah. Oh my god! So please, funny. folks, do not play this song for your for your for your significant other. Please don't. Please, please, please don't. Even, hey, JT, it's me, Michael Stipe from REM. I just want to say, yes, I totally agree with Bill. He is such a smart man. Um, I mean, I've met Michael Stipe. Well, not briefly, but that's besides the point. So, Yes, I wish I could have talked to you longer, but I couldn't. I was, I'm a very busy guy. Um, yeah, I'm a busy guy with, in the middle of Manhattan. <laughs> yes, but anyway, yes, the one I love is not a love song. It's a breakup song. And people, yeah. please stop dedicating this to your boyfriends, girlfriends. Please don't do that. Michael Stipe here. Oh, my God. I Actually, you know, I got one more that's not really a wedding song, but a lot of people use it for prom. High school, what is it? High school students use it for prom. You know what song I'm talking about? I think I do know what song you're talking about. Let's see if it works, buddy. Green Day. Good riddance time of your life. Guess what? Guess what? One, two, three. Wee! Oh my God! Who, who, who's t- who's taking you out to dinner there, pal? Who's what's going on? So 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 where are we go? Where do you want to go, JT? I say, I say we get pizza one night. Let's do it, pizza? you and me. All right. What type of pizza are we getting? I don't know. We'll, we'll get extra buffalo chicken pizza. Ooh, buffalo chicken is so good. Sounds delicious. Green <laughs> Day's Good Riddance. Time of your life. Do you know what this song is about, Bill? It's a breakup song, isn't it? It's a breakup song. It's an F you to Billy Joe's ex. But everyone interprets it because like another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. Everyone's like, oh, it's about reminiscing about high school. And yeah, it because like every high school graduation, nine times out of ten, they play this song. Yeah, and what is it about? It's about Billy Joe saying F you to his ex-girlfriend. I wonder how Billy Joe feels that this song has been adopted to a graduation song. No, the whole band took it by surprise. I don't know if you ever knew that. Like all three of them, they're like, what? How did that become that? You know, it was pretty funny, but what? What? Pumpkin, what? Um, yeah, what? Wait, um, Day, what? Yeah, do you think they're like, oh, that's nice, or what the hell? No, this no, isn't a graduation song. They released it as a single in 1997 or eight. And uh, sure enough, it's like, oh, well, you know, 
And but he he wrote it in that context, but everyone's like to the even it says it on Wikipedia the Wikipedia page, like for the for the um the to the band's surprise, like if it was played at weddings towards the end of the reception, to to, to or like graduation parties, like proms, it became this huge staple of like enjoying your life. When in reality, it's about saying F you to your ex-girlfriend. <laughs> You know what other event this song is actually played at? Which one? It's actually played at funerals. Is it really? Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I remember when my cousin's wife died five years ago, they actually, at, it, when you go to Awake, when they have like the slideshow and stuff, that song yeah. was actually in the slideshow. Is it really? It was, yeah. That's crazy. It's insane. Um, it's like, okay, guys, this sounds like a graduation song. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Tom grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So, okay, you know what? Okay, that kind of does sound like a graduation song. It kind of does. Yeah, but in the rest of it, it's something unpredictable. But in the, the end, it's, the end right. it's right. I hope you have the time of your life. You know what? She, he said it's a breakup song. You know what? I think it could be interpreted in many ways. I agree with you on that, actually. It's kind of like a Rorschach test. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what a Rorschach test is, I'm sure you all do. You're all very smart folk. Yes. Because if you weren't smart, you wouldn't be watching us because we the best podcast. We the best podcast. Um, Because the Rorschach test, for it's basically the ink, ink blots. Yeah. When a psychologist goes, okay, I'm going to give you a Rorschach test. Tell me what you see here. So to be fair, I think the song is kind of like a Rorschach test. I mean, it, it's got so many. That's the beautiful thing about music in general is that you can interpret it as you will. It's something unpredictable. Okay, but here's it. So take the photographs and still frames in your mind. Hang it on the shelf in good health and good time. Tattoos of memories and dead skin on trial. For what it's worth, it was worth all the while. Um... It's really, you know, it's, um, like I said, I think it has many different meanings. You know, I think so. I mean, I think it does too, truthfully, even though we know what it's about, but it could be interpreted in different ways. That's the because he doesn't specifically say, yeah, it's about my ex, F my ex in the song. No, he's not saying like in the, yeah, he's not saying it at all, but. So I think you got to look at this as like a Rorschach test. It's open to interpretation. Yeah. Um, 100%. But, um, but yeah, but you know what? The one thing, and like I said, the song is played at funerals. I can't really see why. I, I really can't. That's the only thing. Yeah. Uh, that, that's understandable. That makes sense. But, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, do you have anything more to say about Good Riddance? Because I have another Green Day song. Lay it on me, bro. What do you got? Wake me up when September ends. <laughs> I, I thought some. I thought you were going to mention it at some point. I wasn't sure when. Oh so my god! That means, again, for the second time in a row. Three, two, one. Waste my rights. Now I'm going to get you pizza instead of you buying me pizza. <laughs> hey, see, it's all fair. There we go. Go ahead. Tell me what wake me up. And I know what it's about, but for our listeners and viewers. Okay. 
a lot of people think the song, okay, the song is actually about the death of Billy Joe Armstrong's father. Yep. Who died in September 1982. When Billy Joe was 10. Yeah, so that is a very hard... Wait, Billy Joe's 50 now? Yes, he just turned 50 in February. Yikes. Crazy. But um, the song is about Billy Joe's father. Yep. Who died in 1982. And, but, go on. But a lot of people have interpreted that the song is about 9-11. Correct. Because the song was on the ultra-political album American Idiot. Yes. And correct me if I'm wrong, JT. And I'm never wrong. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm wrong sometimes. Um, well, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Um, that is the only non-canon song on the album. Yeah. So i uh, just shed some light on that really quick. They wanted a hit single outside of Boulevard of Broken Dreams, which has, which has to do with the story of the album, like the overall arc. Um, but when he wrote this, he wrote the song about his dad, and they said, let's just put it on this album and release it as a single and see what happens. It became one of their most well-known songs. Um, <coughs> bear with me, everyone. I'm kind of sick. But um, he... Good thing we're doing this over Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he is... You know, It's funny. It was, it was one of their biggest chart hits as well. It was like a huge hit, and everyone's like, "Oh, Green Day, whatever." People think it's about nine eleven, but in reality, it's not. Like you just said, but it's you know he's gone on record, and also there's a meme that goes with it. Which I don't really like the fact that there is a meme for like wake me up with the Timberlands, guys. You know, like it's kind of like it's kind of like an f you to him, which in reality is, but it's about his dad dying. But, he um, wrote this song about his dad who died of cancer. Yeah, he had like a throat, a throat, or I, forget, I think it was throat cancer. I forgot, whatever. But he, you know, but going back to what you're saying, "Wake Me Up When September Ends" was the only non-story arc song on the record on American Idiot. So, because you know when I found out this song was actually about his dad and not 9/11, um, I actually um. I want to say this was in 2008. Um, okay. He was performing this song at a Stand Up to Cancer fundraiser. Yeah. And I thought, oh, why is he singing a, a 9-11 song at a cancer fundraiser? Right. And then when I, um, and then later on when I said it was that this song is actually about Billy Joe Armstrong's father. Yeah. Who died of cancer. Mm. That we, which it is true about that. So, so yeah, that was, um, yeah, so that song is not about 9 11. And, and you know what? I hate to go on this little trend here, but with songs that people think are about 9 11, mm-hmm. we're going to your boy, Bruce Springsteen, for a second. Bruce, no, Bruce. it's not what you guys are thinking. We'll get to that one later. That's the um, last one of the night, but go on, but, um, the song My City of Ruins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people think that song is about 9-11. Which I can kind of see why they would think that. Right. 
because that song was released on the Ryzen, which isn't the whole Ryzen about 9-11. The whole album pretty much is about that. Like it's about I the- can see why people would think that. Yeah. Because I think the song was released a few days beforehand anyway. Yeah, but it was also written in 2000. And the song was... The song was actually about Asbury Park, where Springsteen grew up. Where it was raised, right. The song was actually about where he grew up. Yeah. Um, so, and, but you know what? I don't know if I would really consider that misinterpreted. I think that song was more adopted. I would say so. I mean. It was more adopted than misinterpreted. Right. Because I think a lot of people think, oh, it's about 9-11, but it was written before 9-11. It was actually about Asbury Park, but I think the song was... Right. I think the song was adopted. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And, you know, Bruce Springsteen actually played this at the 12-12-12 concert after Hurricane Sandy. He did, that's right. Yeah, so... Yeah, that... I don't think it was misinterpreted. I think it was just adopted. So Yeah, that makes sense. All right, JT, over to you, my friend. All right, my next one. My next one. Um, you, you said Green Newman. Um, hmm. I, I'm drawing a blank. Why don't you go next? I stole your thunder. I apologize. It's okay. Um, what do you got? Okay. In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. Ooh, you were talking about this before we started. Okay. And what is it about, Bill? Okay, a lot of people... First, I'm going to tell you what people think it's about. A lot of people think it's about... uh, That Phil Collins saw a man drowning. Um... That Phil Collins saw this man that Phil Collins saw a man drowning and Collins was far away and Collins was far away. Okay. According to Snopes and Snopes is a very good source. People use it. Yep. Shout out to Snopes. Um, okay. False rumors hold that Phil Collins wrote the song in the air tonight after witnessing an incident, which a man refused to come to the aid of a drowning swimmer. Right. And and it's actually false. It's actually false. False. Of all pop songs for which elaborate Africanical backstories have been created to explicit the lyrics, Phil Collins' 1981 In the Air Tonight has perhaps the most... Hold on, I'm just getting... The comforting adultery, word I can't say... Murder, drowning, and the dramatic exposure of reprehensible wrongdoer. The narratives include acts witnessed by Phil Collins or visited upon him and his family or friends, inspiring the music to form a revenge encapsulated the list, the lyrics of a song. Every once in a while, I hear someone mention the story as Phil Collins in the air tonight. At any rate, Phil Collins wrote this song about which watch another man drown. He, he was too drunk or too stoned to help himself. The other man apparently could have done something to save the drowning person, but didn't. One verse, 
of Phil Dune detective work to find the identity of the bystander. Okay, definitely true, although... Okay. Um, but apparently, the song is actually about... And hold on, I gotta pull this up. Give me a second. Give me a... Take your time, bud. Uno momento, por favor. Uno momento, buddy. Uno momento. One minute, please. You're good. In the um, air tonight. In the air tonight is actually about... Actually wrote the song about the anger he felt after divorcing his ex-wife. Andrea Bert- Bertorelli. And he was okay. so devastated, he actually left Genesis for a short time. Hmm. And and the negative feelings were in the air. I see. Okay. So anyway, could the lyrics right here? Hold on, we gotta pull the lyrics here, folks. Okay. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. I've been waiting for this. Oh Lord. I've been waiting for this moment all my life. Oh Lord. Can you feel it coming in the air tonight? Well, if you told me you were drowning, I would not lend a hand. I think that's when people think. I think that's how people, when they hear that, they think that it's about Phil Collins watching a man drown. Yeah. But in all honesty, listen to the listen to this part. Well, if you told me you were drowning, I would not lend a hand. I've seen your face before, my friend, but I know I don't know if you know who I am. Well, I was there and I saw what you did. I saw it with my own two eyes. So you can wipe the grin off your face. So you can wipe off the grin. I know where you've been. It's all been a pack of lies. Hmm. Um, um, yeah. Um, it sounds like I don't know what the, I don't know what the ramifications of the divorce was. I don't know if, Maybe she was cheating on him. Right. He found out. But I'm not 100% sure because I'm not the biggest Phil Collins fan. But I think, now this song, I think, is the negative feelings of his divorce. And so you can, and it's all been a pack of lies. And then, and then, well, I remember, I remember, don't worry. How could I ever forget? It's the first time, the last time we ever met. But I know the reason why you keep your silence up. No, you don't fool me. The hurt doesn't show, but the pain still grows. It's no stranger to you or me. Mm. But, um, yeah, because I actually have heard that story before, that it was about a man who drowned. And... It says right here, Collins said of the song lyrics, I wrote the lyrics spontaneously. I'm not quite sure about what the song is about, but there's a lot of anger, a lot of despair, and a lot of frustration. And the singer revealed that the divorce continued to his 1979 hiatus from Genesis until they regrouped in October of that year to pour the album Duke. So this song is not about a man drowning. It's about it's about Phil Collins. It's Duke. You know, because I, I know he's been married a couple times. I wonder if the song I Don't Care Anymore was about the same divorce or a different divorce. Maybe. 
Who knows? But um, yeah, this song was about Phil Collins' divorce. Wow. This song wasn't about a man drowning, like the rumors are. Mm. So, yeah. So, okay, JT, you got something now? I do. I'll tell you what, Bill. What? I do anything for love. But, but I, I won't do that. do that. But I won't do that. Now, you're probably Rest in peace, that. Meatloaf, and rest in peace, Jim Steinem. Yes. This song, a lot of people complain. Sometimes I'm like, oh, well, <coughs> bear with me, everyone. I'm sick. Um, Meatloaf, uh, I, I, the song, I do anything for love, but I won't do that. They never explained that, that, that I won't do that part. They did in the video, in the song. When, when it comes to the point where it's like, um, what is it? And sooner, towards the very end of the song, when the woman comes in, it's like, and sooner or later you'll be screwing around, but I won't do that. But he, he's, he's basically like, I won't cheat on you. That's what the, that is. The, that is that I won't cheat. I'll do anything for her, but I won't cheat. That's all it is. And people interpret that as like, it's this long. The, the, the album cut is 12 minutes long. Like the actual 12, the, the song was number one hit. The five minute cut was like number one hit. But this song, the first thing that popped in my mind was that like this song in particular has, you know, people like, oh, but they never explained it. They did. You just have to pay attention to the song where it's like, oh, well, I do anything for that, but I won't cheat. That's what that is. I, the, I, the, I, the I do anything for love part is that part right there. So, Bill, what's your take on that? Mind blown. <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah, no, because I've never really heard, heard the whole song. I always thought, okay, what is the that? When he goes, and I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. I'm like, yeah. what's the that? Yeah. And the, that is that he won't cheat. He won't cheat. They're here, here. They finally explained it towards the end of the song. It, t- it took me a while to get it myself, but hey, you know, that's just there's that. Um, RIP to Meatloaf. I miss, I never saw him, so I miss him. But uh, by the way, the, the as I said, if you really want to get to know like some hardcore, good, really good rock and roll, operatic rock, check out me- Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell and Bad Out of Hell 2. The 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 studio cut, Bill. Get this: the studio cut of the song is twelve yeah. minutes long. Yes, I knew that. It's incredible. I mean, it's it's a really long rocker, but it's awesome. So, whatever. Um, <coughs> I'm sick. Sorry, everyone. But yeah, there's that. So, any what do you got next? I got I got I'll I'll talk about the last one in a little bit. You got any more before we go to? Okay, I do have one. Okay, you know what? Good. I feel like a lot of the songs we've been picking are kind of depressing. Um, yeah. We've been talking about drugs, stalkers, breakups, divorces, cancer, 9-11. A lot of terrible stuff. Destroy trauma, infidelity. But you know what? I think it's time we lighten the mood a little bit, shall we? Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about a very complex song. That has a very complex meaning. And many of you, your mind is going to be blown when you know what it's about. And you know what this classic song is, JT? What is it, Bill? 
Who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who let the dogs out? Yes. Who let the dogs out? Uh, if anyone grew up in the early 2000s. Yep. If anyone grew up in the songs in the early 2000s like me, you know this song was freaking everywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> you could not escape this damn song. It was terrifying. <laughs> Everywhere you go, who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who let the dogs out? Uh, what a fall from grace to the Baja, man, though, because really quick, here's a little random fact here. The Baja men, before they became this, they were actually a more traditional Bahamian music group. Okay. They, the style of music is called junk new. Mm. And with junk, because every Caribbean island has their own music. Like Jamaica has reggae, other islands have the mambo. Junk new was actually named after what's called the junk new festival. And the okay. Junk New Festival was a was the week between the Christmas between Christmas and New Year's when Bahamian slave owners would give their slaves that week off, and the slaves would throw one mm. big party, and they called it the Junk New Festival. And but then when Bahamian they got more Americanized, and the original guys got replaced because one of the main guys here. His uncle was actually in the group, but and then he came to replace him, and then two other guys came in. Mm. And now, okay, and now I'm about to ruin everyone's childhood. No, you know what? Who let the dog? Okay, JT, what do you think? Who let the dog out is about when you hear it in face value, you think it's about dogs, right? Yeah. What is you it about? about? What is it about? Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about sex. Oh no. <laughs> that, you heard that, folks. Who let the dogs out is about sex. So let me explain. Oh Who God. let the dogs out was actually not written by the Bahaman. It was actually it was actually originally written by a guy by a Trinidadian singer. By a Trinidadian singer named, I'm trying to pull up his name here. Named Anselm Douglas. Hmm. It's called. It's called. Um. Yeah. His name is Anselm Douglas, and the song. Um. Okay. Um. The song was actually heard by Steve Greenfield, a record producer, from who was the Baja Men's record producer. Yeah, this guy doesn't have a clean track record. You know who he later went on to sign? Steve Greenfield, JT, you know who he later went on to sign? Who? The Jonas Brothers. Oh, no. So this guy doesn't have a good cl- track record. No. Um, I mean, if it was big time rush, I'd accept it, but that's me. But, um, okay. But he heard the song on the cruise ship, and then he gave it to the Bahamas. And... And then, um, and then, um, and, okay, let me tell you, well, okay, well, how could a song about dogs be about sex? Well, 
since it, I guess since this is in Trin, since the guy is Trinidadian in that part of the world in Trinidad, yeah, the phrase "Who let the dogs out" is actually a response to women who cat call men. No, men who cat call women. Sorry. Okay. No, I got you. You know what cat calling is. Um, yeah. And when women are catcalled, they basically go, God, who let the dogs out? Oh Horn God. dogs, folk. Horn. Okay, like. Okay. Um, here, here's a line that. Wait, say uh, a doggy is nothing if he don't have a bone. All doggy hold your bone. All doggy hold it. A doggy is nothing if he don't have a bone. All doggy hold your bone. All doggy hold it. Which basically, cool. dude, step back. I'm going to tell myself I'm not that hungry to any goals, girls calling them canine. Yippee-io. Tell the dummy, hey, man, it's part of the party. You fetch a woman in front and her men behind. The poor woman shout out, who let the dogs out? Woof. Woof, 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 who let the dogs out? Woof, 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 woof. Um, you know, and yeah, so this song, so this song is about, like I said, this song is about sex. This song is. Because when you hear this song, you think, okay, it's about dogs. But it's not. <laughs> but that's that's how much they scrubbed it down. Yeah, thanks, Steve Greenfield. Um, thanks, Steve Greenfield. Oh, yeah, yeah. People are crazy, dude. Yeah, but, you know, when you hear the song, think about it. When, aside from the chorus, if you listen really closely, can you really understand the lyrics? Not really. The only thing you can understand is who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? Yeah, right. As Todd in the Shadows said, and shout out to Todd, go check out his channel. He's awesome. Um, and his one hit Wonderland of this, that's where I got most of that information. Mm-hmm. It's basically the kids bop version of the original song. Really? Once you listen, oh, yeah. Right, okay. I gotcha. It's basically a scrub down, you know. Right. It's basically a scrub down version of this song. Of the main song by Anselm Douglas. So. Yeah, that's nuts, dude. (laughs) Hey, we had had to light the party up by somehow. How how can we? And what's a better way to lighten the party up than to talk about sex? Of course. Why not? But anyway, yeah. So who let the dogs out is not about dogs. No, it's not about dogs. Not at all. Okay, it's about horn dogs. Oh, my God. It's about the horny dudes who crash your ladies night. (laughs) And what has this entire one part of our show been? This has been Random Facts with Bill. Random Facts with Bill. Oh, That's yeah. got to come sometime. A couple of Random Facts of Bill compilation. I, I'm working on it. Don't worry. 
This um, has been this has been another edition of Random Facts with Bill. Yes, we'd um, love to see it. Yeah. All right, okay. JT. Are we ready for the big one? Shall I start? You shall start. Born in the USA. <coughs> we briefly talked about this before when we talked about our Springsteen Tom Petty podcast. Yeah. Um, let me just start by saying this. This song is in my top 25 favorite songs of all time for reasons you may not fully understand, but it is without a doubt an incredible song with the most misinterpreted lyrics of all time. See, a lot of people are like, oh, with some people here, it's like, the music of it elevates it to be a patriotic anthem when in reality it's about a Vietnam veteran rebuilding his life after being rejected by his country after serving in Vietnam and trying to rebuild his life. It is not about barbecuing in the backyard, fireworks going off on the 4th of July. No, 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 no. This song is about a Vietnam vet rebuilding his life. It's sad. It's actually upsetting. But we're not trying to get down and depressed, but we're just telling you the truth. So we say this for last for a reason, but um, Bill, before going, what's your overall take on the song and what do, what do you think about it? Before I go on. First of all, I think it's a really good song. It is, yes. But go on. And... You know, it is a really misinterpreted song. Like, for instance, um, like, for instance, um, it this song actually got the approval of President Reagan and conservative commentator Pat Buchanan. And yep. Reagan actually wanted to use this song for his 1984 reelection campaign. That's correct. I was going to get that in a second, but go on. And, and, and I think um, Bruce Springsteen basically told Ronald Reagan, "Dude, you might want to listen to what the song's actually about." And hopefully Reagan did. We don't. I, mean, I don't know if he ever did, but um, yeah. But um. But um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he played it at a rally or something, and yeah. And um, and I think Bruce Springsteen actually sued him. I mean, rightfully so, understandably so. But um, you know what? It kind of reminds me. Have you ever seen the movie Blinded by the Light? I have. I have seen that movie. Yeah, that's on theaters. Because you know what's the funniest thing, and, and you know who I saw that movie with? Who? Our dear friend, Mr. <gasps> Daniel Zuckerman. Zuck. Zuck, please come on sometimes. We know Wednesdays aren't the best, but please come on. We'll, we'll make it work one day. We, I promise. We will make it work. We love Zuck. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, no, Zuck and I actually saw it, and, you know, there was a scene when there was two scenes when they were going, oh, God, I don't want to hear this born in the USA, raw, raw, stars and stripes. Yeah. And, you know, there was that scene when I forgot what the guy's name is. He's talking to the girl. 
Oh, yeah, no, I, I forgot the character's name. Bruce Springsteen, this is the kind of stuff Ronald Reagan listens to. That's funny. And, yeah, and, um, yeah, this song was actually, yeah, but I think Reagan actually, Springsteen actually sued Reagan. Um, and for using it, yeah. Yeah, but, um, also, and this is just a quick side note. Sorry, quick side note. Um, You're good. There was actually, after Bruce Springsteen turned him down, there was actually a song, another song that he wanted to use. Um, there was another song that Reagan wanted to use. It was the song Pink Houses by John Mellencamp. Right, right, right. And because that has a meaning, yeah, this is a quick bonus side episode, side yeah. tangent. Um, yeah, go ahead. The song is actually about, um, God, I, I, I don't really know what the song is about. That's why I'm looking this shit up. Um, You're good. But yeah, this, okay, the song is actually about, um, It says that there was an old black man sitting outside his little pink shotgun house with his cat in his arms, completely undertuned by the traffic along the highway. So he waved and I waved back. And that's how Pink Houses started. And yeah, because I read somewhere, I think this song was, um, I think this song was actually used for, this song was actually because I heard somewhere, I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I apologize. Um, mm-hmm. The song that Reagan actually wanted to use this song along with Born in the USA, but Mellencamp turned it down. Rightfully so. And <laughs> fun <laughs> fact, this is sort of irrelevant to everything. Um, the song was actually used at an event by the National Organization for Marriage, which is a anti- same-sex marriage thing. Okay. And John Mellencamp, who is, like, super liberal, yeah, actually sent them a cease and desist letter. Wow, crazy. Which basically means, stop or we'll sue. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but have you ever noticed that these certain, not to get too political here, JT, not to get too political, but... yeah. Have you ever noticed that these politicians play music by artists who don't support their views? I mean, they tend to do that as it is. So Because Reagan is like the face of conservatism and Bruce Springsteen is like super liberal. Yeah. Like, folks, these, pe- these artists do not support your views. <laughs> so don't play their music. I know, like they, uh, my thing is, and I, I'm not, this is the last thing I'm going to say about this, but like they should listen to the song first. Yeah, because Reagan told, you know, Bruce Springsteen told Ronald Reagan, dude, you might want to listen to the lyrics. Yeah, because you literally, yeah, that's the whole thing. And because, you know, the last thing, because I know you had something else you wanted to say about this. It's like, um, yeah, back in 2016, um, John Oliver did a, um, John, on Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, they did a, they did a um, segment on campaign songs. And they had like this parody song, this this parody of 
There was um, Usher, the guy from Dropkick Murphy, some other chick, you know, some chicks and um, whose name I can't remember, and Josh yeah. Groban. They were going, yeah. don't use our songs. Don't use our song. That's funny. Or the crowd mate. You should be lucky that we don't sue. Um, there was true. actually a part of the song, like, born in the USA. And the two chicks were like, it's about Vietnam. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, it, um, it really is. And, yeah, but anyway, you said you were, I, I'm sorry. I went on a big-ass tangent there. Yeah, um, you're good. You're, I mean, it, it's, it's actually helpful. I didn't know a lot of that stuff. That's interesting. Um, I was going to say, regarding... It's funny. I had this conversation on the way home today. Uh, Born in the USA was actually ranked as one of the top 50 songs of 2018. Here's why. Yeah, here's why. Because when Bruce Springsteen was on Broadway doing his Springsteen on Broadway, I don't even knew this. Rolling Stone magazine picked the acoustic version, which I highly recommend you check out the acoustic version on Spotify of Born in the USA. It is a radically drastically different sounding song than this quote-unquote pop anthem. Um, I'm going to go so far as to say that. But this song, he the way that Bruce performs this song acoustically on the guitar, you have to understand, Bruce did an incredible job. He, he started this, doing this on the reunion tour in 99 and 2000 when the East Street Band first got back together. But then he decided to do, he decided to play Born in the USA acoustically so people would understand the message clear. Then on Broadway, to kind of solidify that. And Rolling Stone magazine, it was a very, very good magazine. They, they are, I, I like them a lot. They're very prestigious, in my opinion. They, if JT says they're prestigious, it must be true. Yes, Rolling Stone, if you hear me, sponsor us. <laughs> um, they're, they ranked one of they ranked Born in the USA as one of the, the, the best songs of 2018. Not the electric, you know, anthemic rock song that we all know of, that we all hear, but the acoustic GI blues rendition from Broadway. And it made a lot of people realize, you know, hey, we, for 30 years, we've been hearing this song the wrong way. And he did, he did that on purpose. He wrote the song in 1982. It was actually an outtake for his album called Nebraska. It's a, an acoustic record, folk album, but it's kind of like acoustic punk in a sense. If like, you got to look it up. It's really good. But anyways, he wrote Born in the USA for that album. But then, he's, then he said, you know what? I wrote, oh, I'm going to write different songs for another album. And that became the, the songs on Born in the USA. I'm on fire, Dancing in the Dark, uh, Darlington County, Working on the Highway, all these other songs. That are on Born in the USA, but he wrote Nebraska and Born in the USA at the same time, which I find very interesting. So he's he wrote those same songs, but the title track Born in the USA was written in um in 1982. And he because this uh, I'm just going back even further for a second, Bill. Bear with me, and then we're you know, and I'm going on my tangent, but Bruce he wrote the song because he met a guy named Ron Kovac. Who wrote the Who wrote the book, which later became the movie Born, Born on the Fourth of July? Correct. Um, he met him, and he basically said, "Look, he he was trying to." Bruce met the guy Ron Kovac in a, a, a bar or hotel in California, and then he took him down to the vet center, the local vet center for Vietnam vets, 
hi, I'm Bruce Springsteen. I'm a local guy. I play in a show, whatever. And he then wrote Born in the USA. The verses are quieter. The verses have all the meaning, but the chorus, the Born in the USA, that is actually like the actual, um, that is, everyone thinks of that, but they don't think of the words, which is, he made it that way on purpose so it could get airplay, so it could get publicity. And look, truth be told, Bill, this is true. My grandfather, who is, you know, he's, he's doing okay at the moment. I just want to play this out for a sec. He can only, he does not, I, I played him, I, did, I was at his house one day. I played my grandfather, the electric, you know, born in the USA from the record, right? Like the, the electric piano, keyboard, whatever, right? That rendition. And he's like, oh, great song, patriotism, whatever, right? Then I played him the Springsteen on Broadway version of the acoustic blues one, the GI acoustic blues one. And he was jaw hit the floor. He's like, oh, that's what it means. So that's well, the power of the, the acoustic version. What's up, Bill? Because I think maybe like during the song, when you hear the guitar, you can't really hear the lyrics that well. But then no. when it's more. When it's more stripped down and laid back. You can more, understand it more. Yeah. It, it, the way that he performs it, too, was incredible. You have to. If Springs and Broadway is still on Netflix, I believe, right? I don't know. I can look. Well, fine. If, if it is, check it out on Netflix and skip to that one section of it. He really. It's sad. It's so sad. But the way he performs it is incredible. That's what makes him a true artist. Um, truthfully. So. <coughs> so that's me. I, I'm sick as can be. So forgive me. But Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. One of the most misinterpreted songs of all time. So you might not want to play this song at your 4th of July barbecue. No. You, I mean, you can but then you'll 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 understand what we're talking about. But as far as regular people go, like, oh, you know, great patriotic. No, no, whatever. Yeah, get but, the flags out. Get the fireworks out. Time to blow up the the back the barbecue burner, baby. Let's go. No, no, no. no do no, it. Me. Trust me, it is not. It it is not what it it sounds like. It's really a sad song about. People being mistreated and coming back to America being not respected, truthfully. So, uh, I know we went off on our big tangents tonight on Born in the USA, but we wanted to save that one for last because that was a big one. Um, do you have any more, bud, or are we, are we good for the night? I think we're good for the night. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, that will do it for us right here on Mixed Bag, right here at the Super Show. If you like what you've seen here, comment below. So, hit the bell, subscribe, and do whatever you have to do. And don't forget, don't forget to subscribe to Sports Insanity Podcast, Sports Insanity Network. Check us out. We're on all platforms. And don't forget to check out my new weekly video vlogs over there, Murphy's View. Check that out. Yes. So, yeah, and go to go to com and listen to the Sports Insanity Podcast on all platforms. Woo! They, I got to tell you, they do... I, I've said this before. They do an incredible job over there. The Sports Center Network, they're incredible people doing incredible work over there. They are awesome. Yes. We can't are. recommend them enough. And we go insane, so you don't have to. Exactly. But that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you so much for watching, listening, however you enjoyed us. And we will see you guys next week for a new episode of Mixed Bag. Mixed bag.
stay safe and take care. Take care. In the words of my good friend, Mike Rifkin, namaste.